our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts. We'll be in Acts chapter number 18. Acts chapter number 18. Uh, as always, it is just a joy to be in church. I hope you like going to church. I like going to church. Uh, I look forward to church, and uh, I'm glad I'm not part of a dead church. Uh, uh, Acts chapter number 18. Uh, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture from Acts chapter 18. We'll look at a couple of different places in this chapter, but I'm just going to give you a, a, a warning, uh, or a heads up if you we're also going to turn this morning to the book of Romans, the book of 1 Corinthians, and then to the book of 2 Timothy. So we're going to use our Bibles a little bit this morning, but our text will come from Acts chapter number 18, and we'll turn to those other places. I'll give you instructions, but you can be ready for that. Acts chapter number 18, we'll begin reading verse number 1. Of course, this year we have been in the book of Acts Sunday morning morning and Sunday night, and uh, now we bring, we come to chapter number 18, and of course the ministry of Paul and how God is using him, and we come to verse number 1 of chapter 18. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome, and came unto them, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them, and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. Uh, we find here, we find uh, two names of a couple, Aquila and Priscilla. Verse number 1 tells us that after these things, Paul departed from Athens. Athens, uh, he was not uh, readily received with open arms, that pagan city. Uh, there were converts there. Uh, there were many who believed there. Uh, but we know uh, the difficulty that was here. If you just go back to the end of chapter 17, uh, you hear that uh, some, some heard, some mocked, uh, some believed. And so he leaves there and he comes to Corinth and he finds Aquila and Priscilla. And the Bible tells us that he bowed with them and wrought with them. We're going to look at Aquila and Priscilla this morning. I'm going to preach a very practical sermon, but I think it's a very important sermon. Uh, you and I have a responsibility after our salvation to continue to grow as a Christian. Uh, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for your salvation, I would urge you to get that settled this morning. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in your heart and help you to uh, realize what you already know, that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've been saved but you've never been scripturally baptized, I would encourage you to follow, take that next step as a Christian. And maybe that, that's behind you and you can say this morning, I'm saved, I'm baptized, I'm a child of God, uh, but you're not part of a local church. I would invite you to join with the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We're to keep growing as a Christian. If you're a child of God, it is the, the will of God for you to be part of a local church such as this one. It's the responsibility of every Christian to find what God wants from them in the work of of God. God never designed for some to do all the work as a child of God and for some to do none of the work as a child of God. Everybody has a role that they can play. Uh, very quickly this morning, there's one pastor of this church. You're looking at him. That's it. But uh, I cannot do everything in the church. You have a role to play in the work of God, in the body of Christ. This morning, I want you to think about are you playing that role? Or should I say like this, are you fulfilling that role? Uh, this morning, I want to speak on the subject of the blessings of Aquila and Priscilla. The blessing of Aquila and Priscilla. Father, I pray that you'll help us this morning as we uh, look at the Word of God. May the Holy Spirit of God work in hearts, work in lives. May we realize uh, what a privilege it is to uh, know uh, Jesus as our personal Savior, but what a privilege it is to serve Him. And Father, I pray this morning that uh, the church will uh, allow the Holy Spirit of God to work and be our teacher, our instructor this morning. Uh, Father, may we surrender in any area that we need to surrender this morning 
morning if there's one unsaved. May they get that settled this morning before they leave the service. And Father, I pray that you'll just work in hearts. May we do more for you. May we realize that the hour is late. The, the night cometh, the time cometh when no man can work. And Father, may we realize the urgency of the day we live in. May we make ourselves available to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a little of the background, the, uh, the backdrop, if you will, of Paul uh, being introduced to Aquila and Priscilla. I remind you, and as I've already had, that Paul is coming from that city of Athens, and everywhere Paul went, he was quick to preach the gospel. He was quick to get busy doing what it was that God had sent him to do. And uh, some, he was received, and there were many converts, but as is true even today, there was much rejection of the fact that there was a risen Savior, and salvation only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can imagine Paul. We, we, I, maybe, 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 maybe there's more than just me. When I think of Paul, uh, he's almost like a, a superhero kind of status because of what the God used him to do. And I think sometimes because we see God use him in such a great way, we forget uh, that he was humanity. He reminds us of his humanity over and over again. He reminds us of, uh, of the fact there's times when I want to do things, but I do that which I, I don't do what I want to do, and then I do the things that I don't want to do. He struggled with his flesh, even though God used him in such a great way. Uh, he, he, he prayed to the Lord, remove this thorn in my flesh, and finally he just had to come to the conclusion that my, uh, God's grace is sufficient for me. Paul was human. Paul had problems. Paul probably got discouraged. I don't know about you, but when I'm busy doing the work of the Lord and, and I find opposition, that doesn't thrill me. Have you ever tried to tell somebody about the gospel and they rejected it? That doesn't excite me. That doesn't encourage me. Well, along the way in the work of the Lord, certainly Paul, and I'm sure he was rejoicing in the converts that were in the city of Athens, but he was rejected, and that city continued to worship their idols, and he leaves there, and he comes to Corinth, and he finds Aquila and Priscilla. These were Christians. They had departed Italy, and now we're in Corinth, and uh, they come across each other, and verse 3 says, because they were of the same craft, he abode with them. Their occupation, they were tent makers. And Paul, for a period of time, he lived with them, he abided with them, and worked with them. He had the same ability to make tents, and he was able to provide for himself while working with Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla remind us of more than the fact that they were tent makers. See, the work of God needs all types. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? See, the work of God needs a Paul. Needs a Barnabas. In Acts 13, we're reminded the Holy Spirit of God said to that church, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. And now they are out doing the work of a missionary. Every The work of God needs a Paul. It needs a Barnabas. It also needs a Timothy and a Titus, those young men who became pastors of those New Testament churches. The work of God needs a Timothy. Needs a Titus. And so many times, because we see the way God moves and the way God works, we say, of course, the work of God needs a Paul, the work of God needs a Barnabas, the work of God needs a Timothy and a Titus, but I submit to you this morning, the work of God also needs Aquila and Priscilla. Because it's the Aquila and Priscilla that God uses to encourage the man of God, to keep the work of God moving. And they're the unsung heroes, if you will, while the Paul and Barnabas is on the front line. And they're there, and certainly there's a lot that goes with that. But there comes alongside of every Apostle Paul, of every Barnabas, there are some that in the confines of the local church, in the work of God, God raises up to use. I'm afraid sometimes, though, because we're not the Apostle Paul, we don't realize the importance of what God could use us to be. Well, I'm not the pastor. 
So really, what can I do? Friend, this morning, you're very important to God. You're so important to God that He sent His Son to die on the cross to pay for your sins. You're very important to the work of God. And this morning, I just, I just, the message this morning is going to be very practical in nature, but we have an emphasis as we just had recently, and we need some missionaries, we need some young man, some young lady that, that God would impress upon them that that's what they want, He wants them to use their life for, to go to some country and preach the gospel, and we put an emphasis on that, and I'm, I'm for that, and, and I think God still, and I'm, I praise the Lord that He still separates men to go and do that. He still separates those to go to a foreign land and preach the gospel. But this morning, just as we need some to say, hey, I'll be a Barnabas or, or I'll be a Timothy or I'll be a Titus, we, we need some in the church to say, hey, I'll be a Priscilla. I'll be a Aquila. I'll fulfill my role in the work of God. It's very, very important that we understand the blessing of Aquila and Priscilla. I want you to see first of all in verse number 3 of Acts 18, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought. first thing I want to notice about Aquila and Priscilla is that they labored with Paul. The Bible tells us that he abode with them. There was fellowship with one another. But I tell you, nothing will... Uh, create a relationship quite like working together and, and, and getting involved in the work of God. Hey, if you're new to the Emmanuel Baptist Church or maybe you've been a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church for a while and you just don't feel like you're a part of everything, let me give you some practical advice. Start working with those in the church labor together and nothing will knit your heart like laboring together for the cause of Christ. They are bowed together. But notice that word in rot. It means to toil, to labor, to work. Friend, I think in our churches today we need a revival of realization that the church is not here just for us. We're to be here for the church. I gave another example this morning in our opening prayer of the testimony of thanks of one of our members who appreciated how the rest of the congregation and those that they served the Lord with prayed for them and was kind to them in a time of sorrow. That's what the church is supposed to be for. I think sometimes we come to the house of God and say, the house of God is here for me and the church is here for me. And it certainly will be in your dark hours. It certainly will be when you need it. But friend, that's not what the church is here for. The church is here so you and I can serve, so you and I can have a part. And they walk together, they toiled and they labored. This morning, if I could be very practical, on this Sunday morning, would you be a Aquila and Priscilla and labor with your pastor and ministry? Could we work together for the cause of Christ? Could we continue to labor year after year after year to do something for the Lord? You say, well, Pastor, I can't do what other people can do. I can't do what those in the church could do. Would you toil with me in prayer? Would you labor in prayer? Would you look and see, here's something that I can do in the work of God? You might not could sing in the choir, and we probably would appreciate that for many, but you can keep a nursery, you can be an usher, you can, you can clean a restroom, you can pick up the trash. I was going to say you can fill in all the holes in the property, but we're not, we don't have enough people to do that. But you can do something in the work of God. Can we toil together? Could you find, could you be on the alert? Could you watch every Sunday for somebody that looks discouraged and encourage them? Could you watch for that visitor who comes in for the first time and they've never been to church in a tent before? Could you look for them and say, why don't you come sit with me? to make them feel comfortable. If you're a weirdo, don't ask anybody to sit with you. But you have to determine that. 
Well, could you could you pay attention to the needs of other people and say, Pastor, I'll I'll labor with you in this area. I'll toil with you. You see, first of all, part of the blessings is that they labored with Paul. They fellowshiped with Paul. See, God never intended for the fellowship with a pastor and the people just to be a time of hanging out, sitting at coffee shops and fishing. I'm happy to do all those things with you, but but how we fellowship together is working for the cause of Christ. Doing things for the cause of Christ. That's the labor together. That's the toil together that is necessary to get the work done. We find Aquila and Priscilla, this couple, at the right place, at the right time, as God would ordain it, Paul in need of a respite. Paul in need of the ability to provide for himself. Paul in need of some fellowship and they labored together with Paul. Notice number two. and This is where we'll start using our Bibles and turning. Uh, we'll look further in this chapter. We see... Uh, he, he, well, let's turn over to chapter, uh, same chapter 18, verse 24. The, Paul and Aquila and Priscilla have left... In verse 18, it tells us they had gone into Syria, and now we find in verse 24, we were introduced to a man named Apollos. A certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, who whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Now, they were at Ephesus, and here is this man named Apollos. The Bible tells us he's an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures. Now, he did not, he did not say that about himself. The Bible records for us that he was mighty in the Scriptures. He was instructed in the way of the Lord and in being fervent in the Spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. But verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded to him the way of God more perfectly. This more established couple in the faith takes this young man who the Bible speaks very highly of and takes him under their wing, if you will, and continues to instruct and teach and invest in Him. The second thing I want us to see about them is they encouraged instead of critiqued. They, they, they determined to invest in somebody else. Obviously, there was an area, and there's a lot of conclusions you can draw from this, but there was an area or two that they saw that they could be a help to this man. This man was not a rebel. This Apollos was not uh, a scorner. Uh, Apollos was not somebody who was half in. He uh, went about the work of God half-hearted. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says he was an eloquent man, but he was mighty in the Scriptures. You don't become mighty in the Scriptures with being casual with the Scriptures. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord. He had allowed himself to be taught the Word of God, taught the things of God, and being fervent in the Spirit. He wasn't casual about it. He was serious about it. He wasn't half-hearted about it. He worked and worked and worked in the things of the Lord, and, and he was fervent in Spirit, and he spake and taught diligently. This was a man that was determined and focused on the things of God. But Aquila and Priscilla took him unto them and eloquently expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. So there's some things that we can teach you. There's some more things that we can instruct you. You think about it. They had spent time with the Apostle Paul making tents. What do you think Paul talked with them about? the ways of the Lord, the things of God. And here's a seasoned man and woman who saw somebody diligently doing the work of God, fervent about the work of God, but there are some areas that they could help 
him, instead of critiquing him, criticizing him, he, they took him under them and said, let me help you. And can I tell you, that's what we need in the house of God again, is people walking in and projecting their insecurities and their weaknesses on everybody else. Well, look at somebody trying to do the work of God, trying to fulfill the will of God for their life, and say, hey, I can help them instead of critiquing them. I've often said this, and it might be a good time to say it again. Don't criticize your pastor unless you're praying for your pastor. I mean, I'm not going to stand up here and say I'm a perfect man. My wife would tell you that, but I'm not going to stand up here and say I'm a perfect man. But pray for your pastor. Well, I'd rather see somebody in the work of God, in the church of God, trying to do something for God, but needing some more instruction. And everybody say, well, look, bless his heart. At least his, 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 at least his heart's in the right place. Why don't you help somebody? Why don't you take a young man and a young lady and say, why in the world are they doing that? Maybe nobody's ever instructed them or why they're acting a certain way or doing a certain thing. You and I ought to come to the house of God looking for somebody else that we can invest in. Well, I've reared my children. Well, I'm glad that you've reared your children, but you realize that there's a lot of young people in this world today and many who come to our church week in and week out who doesn't have a mother, who doesn't have a father who can instruct them in the things of the Lord. Somebody's got to fulfill that role. Somebody's got to step in there and instead of critiquing because they don't have, why don't we say we're going to fill in the gap? We're going to invest in them. It's, 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 it's interesting. You know, you know who the worst critics of those who get up and sing are? Those who can't sing. Think about it. Oh, I don't know why they picked that song. Well, nobody wants to hear you sing. You know, so your football season's coming. I hate to bring this up in the house of God. Blow when it comes. And you know who the greatest coaches of all times are those who have never played a day on any kind of a football team, not even peewee football. Hey, you, know who, you know who knows how to, how, how to pastor a church better than anybody? Nobody who's ever pastored. Somebody who's never pastored a day in their life. Why don't we just determine I'm part of the, the work of God. I'm part of the family of God. Instead of coming in the house of God with the eye of a critic, why don't we come in with a heart of somebody? Who can I invest in? Who can I help? Who can I find to help them make the way? Hey, Apollos was worthy to be invested in. He was a young man, but he was mighty in the Scriptures. You know what I think Aquila and Priscilla did? They looked and said, that he's got potential for the Lord. He's a little rough around the edges, and there's some areas where he can improve in. Boy, I like his spirit. I like the way he knows the Word of God. I like how he is diligently at the work of God. And instead of pointing out his weaknesses, they said, let us invest in him so that we, we can continue to do more for the cause of Christ. Nothing will help the cause of Christ more than an Aquila and a Priscilla. So who could I help do something more for God? You know, it's not the pastor's job to invest in every person that comes. I can't. It's a full-time job studying this book. Praying for His people. You know whose responsibility it is? Yours. You know what help? Well, they, you know, it ought, to, it, it ought to break our hearts when somebody, you get a new Christian, you get somebody just getting in and they start to struggle and they fall by the wayside. Instead of sitting around, and I don't know this has happened, but I think it's just good for, 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 for me to mention it. Instead of sitting around, well, they must not have really got it. Or I hadn't seen so and so. I knew, I knew they should have got that stuff out of their life. Hey, how come, why don't somebody go by and, and knock on their door and say, hey, let's get back in this thing. I'm praying for you. I don't want to break the heart of somebody, see somebody struggle, a child of God struggle. Why don't we say I'm going to invest in somebody and 
I'm going to make sure they're in Sunday school. I'm going to make sure they're in church. I'm going to make sure they're where they're supposed to be. It's investing in the life of somebody else. And I'll tell you, a quarter percent were a blessing because they were not a critic, but they were one who said, I'll invest in somebody else. I want to help somebody else become all that they could be for God. They not only encouraged instead of criticized, but we see in Acts chapter number 18, and this is where we begin to, to use our Bibles, we see in verse number 18, I've already mentioned it, Paul after this, tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. We're going to find that they were committed to the cause. Paul shows up one day and he's left Athens. He comes into Corinth and he is there and God has allowed their past across and they all have the same skills so they're working together, uh, providing and making a living and, and along the way God begins to knit their hearts together. They open up their home uh, to this man of God and, and they begin, they were, Aquila and Priscilla were, were dedicated Christians. They were dedicated, dedicated child of God and, and now Paul after time, it's time for him to move on. It's time for him to move and guess who comes along with him? Priscilla and Aquila. So they went with Paul. See, there's greater things than making tents. The cause of Christ is a greater thing. And I had no intention to say this, but I feel led to say it this morning. Uh, there's greater things that, for you to do in your life than your career. It's the work of God. It's the ministry of God. And, and can I be so bold as to say, if you've got a church like this church, and you've got a pastor who's trying to do as much for the cause of Christ as he possibly can, and week after week says, hey, let's do more for God, and more for God, and more for God. If you would leave to make more money, I don't know how to help you, friend. There are greater things than the amount of money you have in your bank account. It's the work of God. Here's his pursuit of Christ. said, okay, Paul's going, let's go. So they leave with him. Turn with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 16. They were committed to this cause. Committed enough to leave and go with the man of God. We come to chapter 16 of the book of Romans. And much like a summary chapter, he begins to give his greetings to everyone. We find verse number 3 of Romans 16, Greet Priscilla and Aquila. There they are again. Notice what he says, My helpers in Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought about the rewards in heaven that the Apostle Paul has? Well, how faithful. I've finished my course. But I wonder how many rewards in heaven the helpers of the Apostle Paul are going to have. Well, on earth we read the Scripture and look at all that Paul did. But, but heaven says he had some helpers that were just as committed as he was. And they, could, they helped him in the work. Greek Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, verse 4, who have for my life laid down their own necks. Notice that. Laid down, Paul would one day lay down his neck for the cause of Christ. He would lose his life for a stand for the gospel. What Paul is saying, he said, Greet, tell Priscilla and Aquila, I said, Hello to my helpers. They risked their own life for the cause of Christ. They were not the kind of Christian that says, All right, Pastor, we want a pastor who will put his neck on the line. Who will step out by faith. There's a difference in that and saying, Pastor, we're right there with you. We'll make the same commitment that you make. 
they risked their own lives. They risked their own uh, good, good fortune for the cause of Christ. Why? Because they were committed. You know what makes a great church? You know what makes this church great? is not just a committed pastor, it's committed people. You can have a committed pastor, but unless you have committed people, not a lot's getting done. That's what it takes. It takes helpers. And this morning, I'm not, I'm not asking. I'm not asking. We've had we've had time of dedication for. Hey, hey, Lord, give us another Paul. Give us another Barnabas. Give us another Timothy. This morning, we just need to be reminded of the blessings of being a Priscilla and an Aquila, just that faithful man, that faithful lady who says, "I'm going to be a helper in the work of God." But it takes commitment. How committed are you to what God has given you to do for Him? How committed are you to the church? How committed are you to the house of God? Would you put your own neck on the line? Would you put your own well-being on the line for the cause of Christ? Would you rearrange your schedule? Would you rearrange your plans for the cause of Christ? Now, I know we're not preaching against Hollywood this morning, but this is what will change a world with a Hollywood influence is with men and women who are just going to say, I'm going to be committed to the cause of Christ, and I'm going to hazard myself for that cause. Just for my life laid down their own necks. I love this next part, under whom not only I give thanks. He says, but I, he says I'm not the only one who's indebted to them, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. What do you think about that? You think about what was put to their account because they were committed. They were committed. They were committed to doing what they could do for the cause of Christ. It was not a coincidence that God crossed their path with the Apostle Paul. It was not a, just a, a chance meeting and look how that worked out. Oh no, you have dedicated people who love the Lord that God assembled together and they said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be their help. They just said, I'm going to be his helper. And when it was time for him to move on, they moved on. And, and then when, it, when Paul was giving his greeting and said, tell Priscilla and Aquila, I said, hello. They, had, they laid down their own neck. They, they, they made sacrifices for me. They risked themselves for me. I give gratitude for that. But not just me, all of the churches. They say, when you're committed, you can make a bigger difference than you think you can. But I wonder if this this morning, early this morning, I got out my phone and I began to text a a lot of men pray for you today to have a good day. One after the other after the other. You know what they all had in common? They all used to be a part of this church right here. Now they're pastors. Now they'll stand and they'll preach in their pulpit. But you know, there, there's an Aquila and a Priscilla that used to teach them in Sunday school. Maybe pick them up for a teen activity. Prayed for them. So you look at it, you're just teaching a little class of six-year-old boys. You look at it, you're just keeping a nursery with a bunch of babies. There's a God in heaven who has a greater work that He's going to do, and it cannot be done. Yeah, you need a Timothy, you need a Titus. You need a Barnabas, but you need an Aquila and a Priscilla who just say, I'll faithfully do the work of God that God has placed in front of me and I'll be faithful and committed and the time will come because of the commitment. There will be testimonies that say, hey, I, my, my work gives great... I give gratitude, but there's another church that gives gratitude as well. There's another group of people that gives gratitude as well. They were committed. Notice in 1 Corinthians. Turn with me one more book to the... Book of 1 Corinthians, if you will. Last chapter. 1 Corinthians 16. Again, we get another picture of their commitment. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 19. The churches of Asia salute you. He's writing to the churches of 
So it's Aquila. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. There will be a church started in the house of Aquila and Priscilla. When you think about this, and I'm, it, it's such a, it, it's such an amazing thing that, that God has put in the Scripture, the Aquilas and the Priscillas, to remind you and I that there's more to it than just an Apostle Paul. There's more to it than just a Barnabas or a Timothy or a Titus. And that the real work of God gets done when there's an Aquila and a Priscilla who just says, I'm committed to this thing, and if God wants me just to make tents, I'll make tents. But if God wants me to go with the man of God, I'll go. If God wants me to put my neck on the line, I'll put my neck on the line. And, and there will be rewards and benefits of that. But that's not why they're doing it. They're doing it because they're committed. And, and now they are moved. And, and Paul sends back a greeting to Corinth, and he says, Oh yeah, by the way, Aquila and Priscilla say, Hey, and the church that is currently meeting in their house sends their greeting as well. Can you imagine the work that they had gotten done just by being committed? Friend, this morning, you may not have pastor in front of your name, you may not have deacon in front of your name, but there is something that you can do for the cause of Christ. And you can do above that which you think you can do. We say, I'm just a tent maker. I'm just, I, I, just, I, just, I just work with my hands for a Do you know that you can still benefit the cause of Christ? Do you know you can still lay every reward up there in heaven if you'll just say, God, this is what you've given me to do? And lo and behold, one day, you place me in the Emmanuel Baptist Church and look at all of us together. And I might not can do what Pastor can do. I might not can do what Brother Stanley can do or Brother Father or so on and so forth, but I can be in Aquila. I can be a Priscilla. I can be faithful. I can be committed. I can, whatever, Pastor, whatever you need, let's do it. Hey, you need to start a church in my house? Let's start it in my house. You might want to clean your room first, but hey, you just start it in my house. Let's get things going. Whatever needed to be done, they were there available, allowing it to get done. You, know, you study the scripture, there's not many specialists that God ever used in a great way. He certainly did use servants. I, I, I don't, I, I, this is for all of us, but I don't know who specifically this is for. Maybe you're sitting in the congregation this morning and so I just don't know what I can do. There's something you can do. Well, I, I, God doesn't want me. We put such a premium. As we should, Pastor, on who, who is God going to call out to go to the mission field or Who's God going to raise up to go be a pastor somewhere? That's not me, or that's not my child, or that's not what God has for me. Friend, being an Aquila is not a low calling. Being a pursuer is not a, a second class uh, fulfillment in the work of God. It is a great thing. It is a mighty thing. It is a necessary thing. The work of God does not get done without Aquila, without Priscilla. And God is showing us this morning from Scripture, they were committed. See, Pastor, you think I could do something like that? Well, maybe if you were as committed as they were. That's the problem. We don't want to commit. Well, I join, but then I have to commit. I, I, I would do this one, but then I have to commit. I teach this little class, but then I have to commit. I'd be in the choir, but then I have to commit. What in the world is wrong with committing to the cause of Christ? Well, well I, I don't have that call in my life. Well, I don't think a crew one day say, I think I'm going to be a tent maker for Jesus, and, and, and boy, I'm going to have the Apostle Paul to know. They were just doing what, what God had given them to do, and the more they gave of themselves, the more God allowed them to do. The more they gave of themselves, the more God allowed them to do. And there was much fruit put to their account because of their commitment to Christ. Finally, turn with me to the book of Second Timothy. We've already mentioned that they labored with Paul. They encouraged instead of criticized. They were committed to the cause. And we find in the book of 2 Timothy that they were faithful to the end. We have spent much time on Wednesday nights in 2 Timothy 
chapter 3 and 4, more on chapter 3, but some on chapter 4. And these two, incidentally, these two chapters in Scripture are probably, two chapters I've studied probably more than any other passage of Scripture. Paul is coming to the end. He writes in verse number 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He knows he's getting ready to go to heaven. He knows he's getting ready to leave this world to go to the next. Verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. What do you think about that? Friend, I don't know what it's like when we get to the end of our life, but I want to be able to say that. I want to be able to say that I fought the fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith through every struggle, through every battle. May not have done it perfectly, but I'm still in this thing to the very end. And we point attention to that, and we should. We talk about Paul's last words, and we say, that's what I want to do. I don't know any preacher that's worth anything who hasn't looked at that and said, that's my standard, that's what I want to fulfill, that's what I want to be said about me. I don't want to ever be said that I compromised the Word of God. I don't want to ever be said that I didn't fight the things that I should have fought and fight for the things I should have fought for. I don't want to ever be said that I quit because it got difficult, I sold out. I don't want to ever be said about me. I don't know any preacher who's worth anything who, who does not feel that way. He begins in verse number 9 to mention some people by name. Verse 10, he says, For Demoth hath forsaken me. He starts reminiscing at the end of his life. He knows it's coming to the end. He says, I'm ready. I've not quit. I've not sold out. I've fought the battles that I've It's been difficult. I endured the beatings. I endured the imprisonment. I'm coming to the end. And when I, when I look at the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 8 reminds me there is later for me a crown of righteousness that the Lord Himself is going to give me. Then he starts to reminisce as Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And there's a lot of preaching can be done out of that verse right there. There's a lot of preaching that has been done. Demas forsook. Why? He, he, he looked at what Paul had done for him and he looked so for Paul and he said, I, I love the world more than I love the cause of Christ. He mentions many in the... Get to verse 19. Let's look at verse 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto this heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. Who was with him to the end? There were several. But there was that couple who he needed tents with having left Athens. There was that couple that was committed to the work of God. There was that couple who said, we're going with you, Paul, to Ephesus. There was that couple who took the young man under their wing, if you will, and invested in him. There was that couple that Paul writes about in the book of Romans when he says, I've got much, I, I, I'm indebted to them. And of course I'm paraphrasing, and not only me, but the churches, they've, they've laid their own necks on the line for the cause of Christ. There's that couple in 1 Corinthians, when he writes back to the Corinthian church, you know, where he first met Aquila and Priscilla. He says, oh yeah, by the way, they're still faithful. They say hello, and the church that is meeting in their house greets you as well. Now Paul, through all of the imprisonments, all of the battles, all of the hard times, he coming to the end of his life, he says, I know that I've been faithful, I know that I have not quit, I am ready, and the Lord Jesus Christ Himself is there with that crown of righteousness. Demas has forsaken me. Because he loved this world. Alexander the coppersmith didn't mean much evil. Then he gets to verse 19, salute Priscilla and Aquila. What an amazing thing 
to see those who are in the work of God live all their days serving God. They were there to the very end. Pray this morning, don't be a Demas. Don't leave God for this world. Why do we have some Christians this morning that say, I'm just going to be a Priscilla and an Aquila. God hasn't set me apart to be a Barnabas. God hasn't set me apart to be a Timothy or a Titus. But, but I can be an Aquila. I can be a Priscilla. I can be faithful. I can help uh, the, the man of God in the work of God. And we can do this same together. And Pastor, I don't know what God's got ahead of us in the very near future. Uh, we see some of the things we're praying for and we believe this is what God is going to do. But I don't know what's going to be 10 years down the line or 20 years down the line. But why don't we just find out? And we're just going to faithfully serve God together. Hey, I'm praying that the Lord Jesus comes back and maybe we'll all get raptured out together. Uh, that would be a wonderful thing. Uh, but we, He may not come back today. He may not come back tomorrow. And if time continues on, you and I are going to get older. I don't know if you realize that or not. And we're going to get to the end of our life on this side of the eternity. Wouldn't it be great to look back on years and years and years of faithfulness and say, oh, this person left and this person left. Oh, but salute Priscilla and Aquila. Tell them, I'm getting ready to go. I've been faithful. But not only has he been faithful, so have Priscilla and Aquila been faithful in the work of God. Hey, we live in a day today. We need more preachers. We need more Barnabas. We need more Timothy, more Titus. But, but, but I wonder how many apostles never made it to the ministry because somebody critiqued them and pulled them down instead of investing in them to get them there. Anybody out there? Oh, we'll, we'll critique and clear up, but they just don't help them get there. I, I, I wonder, I wonder how many churches could have been started if somebody just said, hey, here's my house. I wonder how far advanced the cause of Christ could be if somebody just said, Hey, the Lord's allowed us to cross paths. Let's just see what we can do together. And let's, I'm just going to be in the church. I can't be what somebody else can be, but I can be faithful. I can be committed. I can invest in somebody else. In pastor, when it's all said and done, whether God calls you home first or calls me home first, why don't we just, we just serve the Lord together all of our years and all of our days. And He may separate us. He may keep us together. But when it's all said and done, salute. Priscilla and Aquila. Do I think he was saying? Their investment was worthwhile. Their faithfulness was worthwhile. The helper in the ministry. Who is it that you can help? Who is it that you can invest in? pastor can't invest in? How's your commitment this morning? Oh, pastor, he's pushing for us to give and this and that. How's your commitment this morning? Ah, he's pushing us to stand here. How's your commitment this morning? Wait, don't you expect the Barnabas to be committed when they're separated and called out? Don't you expect Timothy and Titus, those young pastors, don't you expect them to be committed? Hey, they're going to be faithful. Fred Priscilla and Aquila has got to be committed too. They've got to realize they're important too. They've got to realize they have a work to do as well. I'll tell you what we need. We, we do this this morning. be a little bit unusual. But when we do this, we say, Hey, who, who is it as God's calling to be a Barnabas? Who is it as God's calling to, to be a pastor somewhere? I think we need to start having some limitations. Hey, is there a Priscilla in the house? 
Is there a quit here? Somebody who'd be willing to say, we'll just give ourselves, we'll give our talent just to be faithful and committed to the work of God. Pastor, whatever you need for the work, let me know. Whatever I can do for you, let me know. You know, it would be a good thing if we had some who just surrendered to say, I'm going to help my man of God. I'm going to help the church that God has given me. And let's just see what God can do with all of us together. Hey, we want the, the Barnabas to separate themselves. We want the, we want, we want the Timothys and the Titus to commit and surrender to that. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we had some Aquilas and some Priscillas? I promise you, every man of God has ever been able to do anything for God. He's got them. He's got them. Right? I love that Jesus tarries is coming for us just to serve out our days faithful to the things of God. Seeing what we could do for God. There's no rewards in heaven for your hobby. And I'm full of hobbies. There's no rewards in heaven for how much money you make. There are for what you do with that money you make. There are for that talent, how you use it to the glory of God. Let's be dedicated to the cause of Christ this morning. Father, I pray this morning to take this simple, practical message and use it as you would use it. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here this morning, and I'll ask just a few questions. Say, Pastor, I'm for certain I'm on my way to heaven. Without a doubt. That's the most important thing. I am for certain I'm on my way to heaven this morning. That's my testimony. You just slip your hand up this morning. I know I'm saved. I'm sure about it. Thank you. Put your hands down. I wonder if there might be one this morning. If you're on it, you say, Pastor Neil, I can't, I can't say that. I have some doubt about it. I have some doubt about my salvation. Would you pray for me this morning? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I'll not, I'll not embarrass you, but I will pray for you. Say, so would you pray for me? I'm not for certain I'm saved. If you just slip your hand up this morning. Anyone at all. In just a moment, we're going to stand to our feet. If you need to get that settled, get it settled. We need to be baptized this morning. Father, Lord, believers, baptism. We need to join the church. Join the church this morning. Before we stand to our feet, I wonder if there's somebody the Lord is working in your heart and say, I can do that. I can be an Aquila. I can be a Priscilla. Why don't we determine just to fulfill the role that God has given us? You could be a greater blessing than you realize. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I, I just tell you this morning, some of you, it shock you how much of a blessing you are to your pastor. Why don't we just determine, let's, let's, let's do the work of God. If there's an area in your life you need to recommit, recommit it. Time for some of you younger couples to say, "Hey, I, I, I'm going to commit to this thing. This isn't just my mom and dad's church. This is my church. This is where God's placed me to serve. This is this is where God has given me to do a work for Him. However, the Lord's led you this morning. Would you respond? We stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The piano begins.